Do you long for the good old days, a simpler time? Join us as we look at the decades, music, movies, TV shows, and fads and events that helped to shape our lives. Join us as we travel back in time. Hi, my name is Izzy. And my name is Ava. And we welcome you to join us on this trip back in time. This is our second podcast. Woo! And hopefully this one goes a lot better than last time because last time I forgot to plug the mic in. Way to go! <laughs> so we're already doing better than last time. And, you know, <laughs> as of right now, we have had 15 listeners to our first podcast. <laughs> so right now we can say, started at the bottom, now we're here. Like next week, if we get to 20 listeners. Wow. Wow, we started at the bottom and now we're at 20? I know. <laughs> but We're not even at 20 yet. For, the, for this episode, we're going to be jumping back and forth around the years of the 70s and the 80s because today we are talking about... Olivia, Newton, John. That was all the crowds screaming. <laughs> that was weird. You were just like. <sighs> no, that was the crowd screaming for me and for Olivia. And what about me? Uh, they were. Israel. The the the, the little noises you heard of people going, boo. That was for you. Well, Olivia Newton-John was probably the very first crush that I ever had. Either her or Daisy Duke, which I'm sure we'll talk about the Dukes some other time. Weirdo. But Greece... Olivia was not one of my very first crushes. Well, that's good. (laughs) But Greece, uh, which is where I really first came to know Olivia, came out in 1978. I probably didn't see it until 1980. Or so when I was around seven years old, and that's where my love for Olivia started. Old man. In fact, I wanted to marry Olivia Newton-John at one time. That's kind of weird. By the way, do you know where Olivia Newton goes to the bathroom? In a potty john. In her john. Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> is, is potty john even a word, or did I just make that you up? You just made it up. Oh. Potty is a word, and John is a word. Yeah, I just mix them together. It sounds yeah. cool that way. But do you know how old Olivia Newton-John is now? She's 70. She is 70, and she still looks amazing for 70 years old. Yeah, her daughter is 33. Yeah, so, so her daughter math, is she, older than you. She, obviously. <laughs> if you do the math, let's see. 70 minus 33. She had her daughter... This is taking you forever. Shh. Israel. You know we have things. She had a daughter at 37. You're right. 37 years old. Yeah, but I can do the math in my head, kind of, as long as it's on paper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about Olivia Newton-John a little bit, but she was born in September 26th, or on September 26th, 1948, and she was actually born, even though everybody knows her as an Aussie from Australia. Did you know that that's what that meant? Really? I didn't know. Well, now you do. You've learned something in this <laughs> podcast. She was actually born in England. And she oh. lived there until she was about five years old. And then her family reload, relocated to Australia. Mm-hmm. And 
she won a singing contest, sort of like a... Dolly Parton? No, she didn't. She didn't win a singing contest. She, like, went on her uncle's show or something, and then she won her t- family a TV so they could watch her. I have no idea, because this isn't the Dolly Parton-ish episode. This is the Olivia Newton-John episode. Yeah, but I have a book about Dolly, so that's the only reason I knew. But anyway, she she won a talent contest in Australia, and her teacher of the time encouraged her to pursue her dream of becoming a singer. So that's what made them move back to England. And then around the mid-70s, she moved to Los Angeles. They were like, hey, honey, um, since we love... They were like, we love Australia a lot. And then she was like, let's go to England because I'm a singer. And they were like, okay, let's pack up our bags and go. Yeah, well, I think... What in the world? I think she had more of a more of a possibility of making it as a singer in England or America than in Australia. Can you think of any other famous Australia singers? I mean, um, I can, but I, I doubt you can. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, exactly. So that's why she, she went there. I can't really think. I think, like... A bunch of the famous singers are from like Canada now. Yeah, your your precious comes... Justin Bieber. This is the second episode Ew. we're talking about Justin. Not Bieber Justin Bieber, like you have Shawn Mendes. Wait, isn't Shawn Mendes from Canada? I don't know. I think he is. Mendes sounds like a Hispanic name. He's not Hispanic. But anyway, not only has Olivia Newton-John made it in music and movies, but she has made it in life because she is... Canadian singer. I was right. See, now they're all from Canada. She has made it in life because she has fought against, what, three different times? Cancer. In 1992, she was diagnosed with breast breast cancer. Booby cancer. Can you not... <laughs> and then it returned later in 2013 and 2017. Sadly. Which is really sad, but she's a survivor. She's fought it three yeah. different times. And she's such a believer in in surviving, obviously, but in, mm-hmm. in other people surviving too, that she has her own cancer hospital mm-hmm. in Australia, which actually she went to. The, I think it was the third time that she had cancer yeah. in an undercover boss kind of way because she didn't want people to know that she was there as a, a patient. So she actually wore a surgical mask and glasses and stuff like that and went in there and got to see how her hospital worked. And they do a lot of um, like massages mm-hmm. in addition to the medicine and music and all this kind of stuff that that's, helps you to heal. That's nice. Um, she said what really helped her was having her daughter Chloe and her husband John there with her. Very cool. Which I love Olivia Newton-John. The mm-hmm. only, if I were to pick one song of hers that I just cannot stand, and this is going to sound mean, but it's the duet that she did with her daughter. It is just horrible. Why? Why do you think so? I'll show it to you later, but it's, oh, it's so bad. Play it. You should play it. All right, I'll play a, a, a bit of it. Um, but um, Olivia Newton-John is best known. Oh, were you finished with the, the cancer part? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, in 2018, the tabloids all claimed that she had died, and then she came back, and she was like, nope, I'm alive. I'm breathing. 
The tabloids seem to do that a lot. Yeah. Every time we go to the grocery store, you, if you look at the tabloids, it says yeah. somebody just died or someone's on yeah. their deathbed. I, I remember before we went to the Cindy Lauper concert, everyone was saying she had died, and I was like, what now? <laughs> and um, it also says that in her new show, Hopelessly Devoted, our movie, Hopelessly Devoted to You, it talks about her fighting cancer and stuff. It huh. men- it like features it. I don't even know what that is. Maybe maybe a Broadway play or something uh, about her life? I think it might be a TV show. I just saw it, and I was like, hmm, that's huh. cool. I didn't see that. Well, she's best known as a singer. Yep. She has over 25 top 40 singles, yep. more than half of which went to the top 10, including five number one hits. Mm-hmm. She sold an estimated 100 million records worldwide. Wow. Making her one of the world's best-selling artists of all time. That's crazy um i think that you know how you said your least favorite song was um the one she sang with her daughter yeah i think her her um music video for physical is super creepy (laughs) yeah well you see all these like fit dudes working out and all of a sudden there's these not so fit dudes working out and then she walks into the room and they're all fit again, and it's so weird. Well, let's talk about that when so we crazy. when we talk about the songs, since that's one of your songs. But she starred in the musical film Grease, of course, and the soundtrack for that film was one of the most successful soundtracks in history. You said five, not ten. Well, you have five, and I have five. That makes ten. Oh, oh. There, there, <laughs> there goes that math again. <laughs> But anyway, and then the single, You're the One That I Want, which I think you're talking about. You're the one that I want. She does with John Travolta is one of the best-selling singles of all time. Yeah, it is. So really the purpose of this podcast today is we have picked our top ten favorite Olivia Newton-John songs of all. We each have top our five. And together that equals ten. Yes. Uh, Ava just figured that out, by the way. (laughs) So we're going to to talk about our, our top ten. Now, my five aren't really in the order of how much I like them, except for the last one that I talk about. The last one I talk about is my favorite Olivia Newton-John song of all time. My favorite is... Well, don't say it yet. you got to start at the bottom. My... We started at the bottom, now we're here. I have to start with my least favorite? Well, no. But save your favorite for the last. Okay, I will. Okay. So do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. All right. Okay. So uh, my first song is Magic. It's a 1980 song. Uh, I like this song. From the soundtrack to the film Santa Do. The song. Great soundtrack. Not so great movie. You have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand it. Seen Xanadu, have you? I saw a part of it. Xanadu! Did you say Xanadu? <laughs> no, Xanadu! 
goodness. Okay. It this uh, magic was number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks, beginning on August second. On August second. Yep, it was n- Olivia's twenty fifth American chart chart hit and her tenth of twelve records which went gold or higher wow now can you sing magic can you even think of how it goes right now uh no but i can look up the lyrics <laughs> all right while you're doing that i'll talk about my my song my first I... choice is the song called suddenly i found it okay okay call it magic call it true i call it magic crib i'm with you and I just got broke up. Okay, you're, not, you're, you're not even singing it right. All right, all right. I don't know what you're talking about. That sounded amazing. Okay, yeah. well, I'm talking about the song Suddenly. It's a duet. because oh, that's not her song. That's another magic by another band called Coldplay. <laughs> Which is not even in the ranking with Olivia Newton-John. Coldplay stinks. I didn't. But anyway, I'm talking about the song Suddenly, which is a duet with uh, Cliff Richards, which he was a, a British rock singer, which a lot of people consider his one of his songs to be the very first British rock song. So he was kind of like huge in Britain, mm-hmm. but I didn't really ever hear about him until this song Suddenly. And Suddenly is also from... Xanadu, Xanadu, magic goes like this. You have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand in our way. Uh, have to believe we, we are, are magic. magic. Okay. Nothing can stand in our way. <laughs> but a lot of things can stand da, in the way da, of this podcast. Da, like, da, okay. Da. But suddenly is the love theme from the movie and it was written by John Farr who also produced a lot of her records. Wow! It was released on Jet Records and it reached number 15 on the UK charts. Ooh, I went, I'm going through puberty. The UK charts. You're going through puberty? Well, you are too. I like 40? In October 1980 and number 20 in the US in January 1981. It also became a major adult contemporary hit reaching number four. The whole thing of like the the whole um, like the theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's this this guy named Sonny, and he is an artist, and he's struggling. He hates his job. He 
designs album covers, <laughs> and he, he's not very happy with his his. Uh, That's actually probably a good job, though. Well, maybe maybe probably pays probably well. not back in the seventies. Probably pays well though. Might be a little weird. Now maybe, but probably not <laughs> in the seventies. But anyway, he meets this woman by the name of Kyra, and Kyra is Olivia Newton John. Mm. And he falls in love with her, and he starts designing these amazing album uh, covers because she inspires him. And then he finds out that she's like this Greek muse, and <laughs> that he can't really be in love with her because she's not from Earth. And oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then she encourages him to team up with like an old-fashioned music guy um, who is played by Gene Kelly. And they build a roller skating disco. That is so cool. No, it's a really weird movie. And then she comes back and she's like, Santa, do. And he's like, I didn't know you were here. And then she disappears in the end. So weird. No, she comes up and she goes, Santa, do. And he goes, I don't know if I can live without you. And she says, It's called Santa, do, not Santa, can't. What? Wouldn't it be, <laughs> It's Santa, do, not Santa, don't? That makes yes, more but... sense. That was better than yours. Okay. Anyway, your next song? On November 21st, 1890... 1890? <laughs> 1981 Physical uh, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in America. So Number one, that's it became the best-selling single of the decade. Released at the start of the what is it? aerobics trend? Aerobics. Aerobics trend. And Which is month, what she's doing in the video. She's doing aerobics yeah, and stuff. That's kind of weird. And a month after MTV's launch, the physical music video was on heavy rotation, earning the Video of the Year Grammy in 1982. Why? Be I told you because you look at it w in, right now. You're looking at it, knowing all the human, all, all the videos that you've seen, and you think, "Oh, this looks <laughs> cheesy." But back then, it wasn't cheesy. In fact, we were watching it thinking, "Ooh, that's man, nice. Olivia is pretty." That's what you were thinking. Yes, I was. Weirdo. Uh, I've got one more fact about physical Utah band physical from the radio. Yes, well. The song is, Inappropriate. which is funny since you're the one that picked it. Yeah, because my because Mama was like, "How can you have an Olivia Newton John podcast without the song Physical?" So I was like, "Yeah, Israel." Yeah, well, I loved it, and I had no idea what it was about back then. All right, my next one is a song called "If You Love Me, Let Me Know." Goes, if you love me, let me know. If you love me, let me know If you don't, then let me go I can't take another minute 
sound and this actually came out in 1974 <coughs> it was her second release to hit the top 10 in the United States and it reached number five on the pop chart and number two on the easy listening chart it also reached number two on the Billboard country chart and it has been covered this has been covered by everyone from Tina Turner to Elvis Presley you just stole my thunder yeah I know <laughs> I get to talk about Elvis but yeah, yes, but it, it, I, I was taking a guess. I didn't actually know. Oh, yeah, it's been covered by Elvis Presley. In fact, one time Olivia actually went to an Elvis concert, and Elvis sang this one with her in the audience. And then she went backstage to meet him, but he had to leave for some reason, so she never got to meet him. Jerk. Don't, don't say away. that about Elvis. I bet he ran away. He was like, oh, my gosh, Olivia's here. She's going to scream at me for stealing her song and not paying her for it. And then he left. Well, I'm sure that he paid her for it, but... Mm, I highly doubt that. Plus, I doubt she so... was going to be screaming about it because she was like, oh my gosh, the greatest singer in the history of history. Nah. Sang one of my songs. Nah. Oh okay, yeah, your next song. Okay. Uh, your second song. Is Summer Lovin' and Summer Nights the same thing? I'm pretty sure it is. Yes. Okay, good. Summer Nights is a popular song from the musical Grease. Which is another inappropriate song. Summer love. Oh, yeah, because of John's parts. Olivia's not inappropriate. It's John. He doesn't. Right. Well, not just John. It's the guys, and it it's Rizzo. Rizzo isn't inappropriate. He doesn't know how to like. song when they're on summer dreams ripped at the seams and then john goes oh <laughs> <laughs> listen to it no. summer dreams ripped at the seams but oh play that part on here. Summer Nights is a popular song from the musical Grease, written by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. Its best known version was recorded by John and Olivia for the big screen adaption of the musical and released as a single that same year. I didn't even know there were other versions. Yeah, because um you know there's the new there's the new Grease, um the the live action one. Like I said, there are no other versions. I don't. Yes, there are. Only Olivia and John. There's, there's other. Olivia ones. and John and John. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, and for my third choice, okay, it is the song "Twist of Fate." Twist, twist, twist of faith. Uh, you just no. First of all, I said fate, not faith. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
but this is a late 1983 hit that had that was the like the main song from the soundtrack to the film Two of a Kind. Wow. Now do you remember Two of a Kind? You you saw a little bit of that yeah. was the second time that Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta starred together. I like that I want to watch the rest of the movie. I want to watch all of it. Now, this film didn't do as well as the first one. I think people wanted to see them more in the same kind of role where they're singing. And that's not what happened in this movie. And so it did not do very well. I <coughs> really like the movie. I like the part that I saw. But it didn't do very good. I just think that people are sensitive. They're like, mm, oh my gosh. It's not a musical cry. Yeah, which is something that you would do. But this song reached number four in Australia and Canada while peaking at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 in January of 1984, becoming one of, unfortunately, one of Olivia Newton-John's last big hits. Oh, why? Just because times change. People started stopped listening to that kind of music and started to listen to other kinds. And eventually we got to boy bands and... Ew. Horrible music like Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber, T Swift, and <gasps> no, don't you dare! <laughs> but this track was her last top ten to date, and Billboard ranked it as a number as number forty two on its li- listing of the top one hundred singles of nineteen eighty four. And then in Two of a Kind, the whole premise of this is John Travolta is like an inventor. He's a weird dude. But his inventions are not going anywhere. They suck. And so he tries to (laughs) steal money from a bank, but actually, little twist of fate, something happens. And anyway, God gets involved, and God decides that he's going to destroy Earth again. And the angels say, No, wait, God, let us find two people. Actually, let's find one person that is a good person. And they pick John right before he robs the bank. Wait. Or tries to rub the bank. Then that would be God's, God's sinning because he promised Moses that he would never destroy the earth again. By water. By flood. Oh, yeah, you're right. But then when when he robs the bank, God says, all right, uh, I'm going to uh, destroy the earth. And they say, wait, wait, wait. What if we can find another person? And then his he basically says, if you get these two people... These two extremely selfish people, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, their character, to sacrifice themselves for each other, then I will not destroy the world. And then, let's not give it away, but you have to watch the movie to find out. You can get it on Amazon. I got it on Amazon. We need to watch it. Let's watch it right after this. Okay. Okay, a little more love. Oh, wait, I got to tell you one more thing. Okay. The soundtrack for this movie is excellento. Not only... Does it have music from Olivia Newton-John? It also had songs from Journey. You know Journey, right? Oh, I right? like Journey. And from Chicago. You like Chicago, too. What do they sing? They sing like, You're the inspiration. That song. But it gets me no Look away, baby, look away. What is the song, But It Gets Me No To tell you something. I don't know. All right, what's your next song? Is that a little more love? Little more love. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny because that's my song. Huh. It, it gets me nowhere. Cause it gets me nowhere. To tell you no. It gets me nowhere. To make you go. Little more love. 
1978 album, Totally Hot. It was a worldwide worldwide top 10 hit single, peaking at number 4 in the UK and number 3 in the US. In Canada, it spent three weeks at number 2 during February and March 1979. It was the seventh biggest Canadian hit of that year. Canadian, see, I'm telling you, Canada's on fire. You... Canada has two good things. Sean Mendes. Three good things. And Olivia no. Newton. They have my cousins, my some of my family. Okay. They have Michael J. Fox. And they have hockey. They have Sean Mendes. All right. My fourth song is Hopelessly Devoted to You. from the Great soundtrack. But this song was released September 9th, 1978. Again, written by the John Faro guy. And this song actually received an Oscar nomination for Best Original so- Song. Excuse me. But it lost. Yeah. It lost to Last Dance by Donna Summer. Yeah, because honestly, I don't like the Hopelessly Devoted to You song. What? I feel like it goes too slow. It's like... But it's perfect for that scene. She sings that song, and John sings the Stranded at the drive-in, branded a fool. Yeah, but... Oh, she sings it after he tries to take her for advantage, Jerk. <laughs> take her for advantage? Yeah! I mean... <laughs> take advantage of her, you mean? Yeah, take advantage of her. Yeah. And then she's like, Jerk, I thought you were different! And then she throws a ring at him. Yes. And then she's like, now I'm going to be all cool. I'm going to be all biker dude on him. And then he's like, I guess I have to be some football dude. Got to be all preppy and stuff. Anyway, let me tell you something cool about the song. (laughs) Okay, halfway through shooting the movie, Grace, this song had yet to be written. Wow. And so they just kind of almost kind of threw it together and then it gets nominated for... An Oscar. They're just like, hmm, what if we wrote a song? And they actually had to record this after the rest, the other parts of the film were completed. It's kind of like think like saying you want a sandwich for lunch. Be like, hmm, what if we wrote a song? I mean, sure, why not? Then it gets nominated for an Oscar. Oh, well, they probably wanted her to sing some more songs because she is awesome. Awesomer than... Anything you. you listen to. Awesomer than you. But she performed Loser. the song at the 21st Grammy Awards. It reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100 and number seven on the Easy Listening charts. Wow. And on the country charts, it peaked at number 20 
and was her first top 20 country hit in two years. But I thought you said that other song was country. Yeah, but remember we're going out of different orders? Yeah. So that was her last one. Oh, yeah. But we're... Okay. All right, what's your my last... Favorite, favorite Olivia song? song. My, my, second, my second favorite. I kind of like... But it gets me nowhere. I don't know. A little more love. That one? You, that one's your favorite? That one's your favorite? No, not my favorite. My favorite is You're the One That I Want. Oh. Duh. And that's what we're talking about now? Yep. Oh. You're the One That I Want is a song written by John Farrar. Again? he's He wrote like half of her songs. For the 1978 film version of the musical Grease. Wait, version of the musical? What does that even mean? It means that there was a Broadway play. And then... See? See, there's another... They made a movie of it. And then it became a play again. Then how did these songs get written by him? So, like... The... Well, because some of these songs were not in the original Broadway production. Oh, okay. having sold over 6 million copies among the United States, the United Kingdom, and France alone, with estimates of more than 15 million copies sold overall. Great song. Yeah. And very hot, Olivia Newton-John. Okay, that's weird. Did you like Olivia Newton-John better as the goody Sandy or as the bad Sandy, like the leather Sandy? Uh, I kind of, she sings You're the One. I kind of, um, I like when she's bad and she sings You're the One that I want, but I also think it's funny when she's good and she sings, um, Sandra Dean. She's like, Sandra Dean. I actually liked her I as, think it's as the good one, as the good Sandy better. But I felt Although like. Although she looked really pretty. As the, as Israel, well. you are married. Yes, but with kids. I, I wanted to marry Olivia back I then. I don't care. Even now you are old. married. Okay, now. She's like 30. My, she's like 30 years older than you. Age ain't nothing but a number. 911 ain't, not, ain't nothing but a number either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, n- n- my favorite Olivia Newton-John song of all time. The best one. Better than any of yours. And that is Xanadu. Xanadu! Okay, listen.
sang that way better than she did. Actually, no. <laughs> he actually had the record, like, had a record player and had a record yeah. of this song. And I used to, I had a record player also. And I used to swipe his record and take it into my room. And I would play Xanadu over and over and over again. And then it would come whipping with the belt. And I would dance disco style. No, no. Like this. That is so cringy. And I would stare at her picture on the Xanadu album and imagine the kids and all the things that we were going to have when me and Olivia got married. Oh, she was like 30. I didn't know. You gross. But anyway, this is the title song from the soundtrack. A li- uh, album for Xanadu, the title song from the film, and this song was fil- was performed not only by Olivia Newton-John but also by Electric Light Orchestra. Mm-hmm. She sang the primary vocals with ELO lead singer Jeff Lynne, which Jeff Lynne is a very famous singer too that you'll hear about one day. Um, okay. But he added parenthetic vocals. Do you know what that means? He was like. Well, a parenthetical statement is one that explains or, or quant, quantifies something, qualifies something. He was just like, so like she would say, place. and now open your eyes and see and he'd be like, what we have made is real. We are in Xanadu. A dream of and then it. He, yeah, and then he would say, a dream of it. We offer you. Oh, he's one of those people? Yeah. He's just like, a dream of it. I thought he was the one he was like. When she goes, Santa do, he'd be like, Santa do. Well, he probably does that too. Yeah. But this was actually, of all of the songs that Jeff Lynne ever did, this was his favorite song that he had ever written. Yeah, because he had to sing with Olivia. And because it sounded disco duck kind of stuff. Weirdo. But the single reached number one in several countries. And it was, listen to this, ELO's only... Number one single in the UK. ELO? What's that? Electric Light Orchestra. Oh. Remember, I just had this huge thing where I talked about his band. I was actually listening. (laughs) But one of the exciting things about this is Olivia Newton-John, really, she hasn't done very many movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, Mm because I really enjoyed her uh, acting. But. She's coming out with Hopelessly Devoted to... No, she's not. Okay, I don't know what that is, but anyway... Let me let me finish this train of thought. They're actually making a movie that she's going to be in mm-hmm. right now, and it is Crocodile Dundee Part Four. Who is she going to be the wife? I don't know, but it's called the Excellent Mister Dundee. Actually, that might be. It might not actually be hopelessly devoted to you, the movie she came out with. It's talking about how it's going to come out in, like, February. When is um, Crocodile Dundee going to come out? I have no idea. But uh, Crocodile Dundee, he's probably in his 70s, too. So, actually... So, I don't know that he's going to be able to fight or anything like that. It might actually be like this. She might actually be in that, and she might have cancer in it. So, it might be her with her cancer. So, maybe... The show movie isn't called Hopelessly Devoted to You. Maybe it's Crocodile Dundee. Maybe I just got confused when I was reading it. Maybe you're just confused a lot. But remember us watching Crocodile Dundee? Yep. I love that movie. Okay. I didn't ask. But she's coming out in a new movie. And she's coming out. I can't wait for her to be in another movie. Even if she's 70. You have to wait. Well. Literally, you have to wait. 
Anyway, I hope that you like the these song choices that do we trivia. chose. Do trivia. I don't really have Make any trivia. Make questions up. Okay. What is Olivia Newton's last name? Are you kidding, John? Oh, you you were listening. Okay, here. <laughs> what band did Olivia Newton-John sing a duet with? Electric Lit Light Orchestra. <laughs> yes, and what was the lead singer's name? Jerry. No, Jeff. Jeff Lynn. Jeff. Yes. Jeff. My name's Jeff. Well, hopefully you liked the song choices that we have. If you had other, uh, if you have different favorite Olivia Newton-John songs, then comment on our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook page and let us know what songs you liked best or what you thought of her movies. But if you want to follow us, you can email us for um, show ideas and to ask us questions or give us feedback. Our answer to our trivia. No, I'm just kidding. Our, our email is... Gotta get back in time at Yahoo. Our Instagram is gotta get back in time 121. Our Twitter is back in time 121. And our Facebook is at gotta get back in time. Boom. And so as we leave you, we leave you with the sweet sounds Olivia Newton John. That was creepy. That was cool. That was not cool. But until next time. We will see you. Don't do it again. Don't do the voice. Back Don't do the voice. In time. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'll about all the nightmares. A place where nobody dares.